Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, thank you. You're such a <laughs> it's sweetie. not really. It's not really. Yep. But you can imagine if it was. It was a couple days ago. It is. It's payday, though. It's Friday. It's F9. Uh, welcome to Inside the Firm. Glad to have you here. Al's, Al's glad to have you here as well. I am. Nick, if he could speak, he'd be glad to have you here as well. Yeah. And no, who else is glad is one of our sponsors slash partners, Bim Smith. Uh, Bim Smith, they have a market. And it's really unique uh, because it's a unique take on a BIM library because it focuses on helping the user perform product research. Now, that's crazy, right? <clears throat> it pulls all kinds of data from each product on the site. Um, you can filter things by UL rating, fire rating, master spec, CSI format, other criteria you, you might want. Um, it's sort of like the Amazon for Revit content because... You can search in those different areas. So just like on Amazon, when you're searching a computer, you can search by gigabyte, by RAM, blah, 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 blah. You can search by UL list. Do they have prime, do they have prime delivery? Yeah. They have instant prime delivery. Because it's free? <laughs> well, it's better than prime because it's free and it's instant. It's faster than prime and it's more cost efficient than prime. Fantastic. Go to Bim, Bim, go to Smith. Bim, BIMSmith.com. Do it. What are, you wait, what are you wasting your time for? Head there. Check it out. Check it out. Tell them we sent you. Speaking of cool stuff, I got a couple shout outs, right? One from Tanner Reedman. Uh, you should check out his firm. It's plainviewnd.com. They do design build, which is awesome. And he said... Is he in North Dakota then? Is that why? North Dakota. Nice. He was almost going to bring us Grand Junction, which is a restaurant up there, which is amazing. Wow. But he wasn't going to fly with it. Oh, okay. Because I think he should have. Yeah. But, you know, to each their own, whatever bar you want to set for yourself. Oh, so, so, sorry. I you, thought Alex meant Grand Junction, the town. There's a town in Colorado. No, no, no. Grand Junction subs, I'm telling you, if you ever go to... This is going to sound counterintuitive to everybody who's never even been to North Dakota. But trust me, if you ever go to North Dakota, these sandwiches, I'm not joking. They The last time I was there just about brought me to tears because I hadn't had them for about 10 years. <laughs> I was like, this... Cause you, I was like, so sad I couldn't go oh, on that dude, trip. You, you, the memories, literally, I'm not joking. I was like, oh, I feel, I feel like I'm... Like, all the college feelings came back, all the feels, and it was just delicious. But, but now but, I'm craving Cran Junction. Thanks I a lot. Out. Besides, besides just the the feelings, like, they're so delicious. The fries, the toasted, the seasoning. They, they fry their fries in peanut in uh, peanut um, peanut oil, which is like that's just the way to do it. It's just the way to do it. Okay, snapping back to reality. He said we purchased your Revit template and have been very satisfied. Very. You know, as a small firm, it's hard to take the time to set up standards and templates, and it's helped us save a lot of money. Later in this podcast, I'm going to talk about some things that I set up. And the reason I haven't done it for so long is because it just takes so long to do all this stuff, right? I'm busy man. Al's a busy right. man. Everyone He's got to maintain this internet that he invented. It's global it's warming. It's I like, do it by It's myself. like a problem. Man, bear pig. It's an issue. Made it all out of paper. It's awesome. I listen to your podcast every week and always find direct par- parallels in some way to my small business, which is awesome. Uh, he listens, follows, practice many of these same things we talk about and is very passionate about infill and the architect as developer model. So that's cool. Thank you so much, Tanner. Uh, 
honestly, we've got multiple shout outs today because people are writing in and, and emailing us and I got, I just, it, it really makes it, uh, you know, we, we're not, um, we're basically covering costs at this, doing this. And for the most part, um, the most of the episodes up front, uh, maybe like 30,000 downloads of the, of the first ones we did, we weren't covering costs. So this, this just kind of is like, if we're, if we're, if you're telling us we're giving back and we're helping a lot of other people, that's, that's all the motivation we need. Yeah. So the, uh, Trey Anderson did an actual review on iTunes and then sent it in. Sweet. He emailed it. Have you even seen this one? No, this is a surprise this to me. Funny. I love surprises. So he's on episode 97. He's devoured it in only two months. Holy cow. Dude, I love... He's freaking hooked. <laughs> I love when people go back like Jocko Podcast. That's what I did. Start at zero. Start at one. Um, this podcast, I would say start at one. Uh, there's anyone started zero. No, no, no. Zero. You started zero because it's a good intro about how we're trying to lay things out. Please do. Yeah. There's a playlist. Um, and if you ever, yeah, so just go to the playlist on, you can just start on SoundCloud and go from zero to 100 real quick. Yep. Um, so he, he talks about how much he likes it, that our candor is refreshing. Each episode is broken down into different segments. There's a whole bunch of small, awesome stuff that I didn't even, um, put in here, but then he says, we're not perfect. There's always room for in, in, improvement, but he likes our quirk. So here's he goes, Al, stay strong with your push-ups and interrupting <laughs> ways. Nick, continue to be way too loud with your intro and too soft with your readings. F9 boys, they're men. He says, probably men. He's not discerning. Continue to struggle <laughs> with ARE Jeopardy. I'm amazed if you actually license, but I get licensed, but I have seen worse. Worse, Lance, you are my boy. B O I too. B O I B O I. Well, thank you, thank you very much, uh, Treya Anderson. That was fantastic. Seriously, that uh, that makes us feel good. So I have one too. I have a shout out because we got all kinds of fan mail uh, and follower mail uh, today, or over the week. Sorry. So this one is from uh, I got it on LinkedIn. If you want to, if you if anybody wants to link in with me, I'm happy to do it. I I, I really like that network. Al does too. Yeah. Uh, Michael Buckley. Uh, AIA it says inside the firm. Hey Lance, I encountered you your work through reading James Petty's Architect of the Developer. Great read, check it out by the way. Then I found your podcast with Al Gore about running a firm, and it's phenomenal. And when I was recently selected as a juror, I brought Creativity Code with me. Finished the book in a few days while waiting through jury duty. I recommended it to my architect friends as much as I recommend it to non-design friends. Really appreciate your work. Uh, who is this? I need to send him a PDF copy too. His Here. name is Michael Buckley. You'll 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 hook me up with him, and then I'll send it to him. I will hook you up with him somehow. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, man. Sounds good. Cool. Yeah. What, if you have jury duty, and you're an architect, bring an architecture book. Yeah. I suggest the creativity absolutely. code, but you can do another one. But a- absolutely. The reason I, I obviously know the book because I like it. So a lot of architecture books are a lot of pictures and just about projects. This is about design and how to you know which you a, a lot of you know about but a good reminder and a good structure doesn't doesn't hurt it seems like a an easy jury deed duty easy fun one yep it's gonna make that fun for you so speaking of books um i got a recommendation from Lindsay fox one of our good friends lance you know her yep. she's been a long time listener she's to, great to, to the podcast she said remember when i did the interview with devin tilly and I was prying into him of, of how he manages because he, who knows, probably has 20 employees. He's or a serial like entrepreneur, just like us. You know, he's got yep. 50 billion things he's doing and everybody wonders, how the heck does he get it done? Yeah. And Lindsay said, I listened to that. And the verb, the words that he was using came straight from Traction by Gino Wickman. Um, 
So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check it out, read it, uh, did, did Audible, did the Audible book. And what I got from it was a couple cool things. So a weekly scorecard, which I made up and I have in my own kind of uh, Google Docs. And what's cool about that is, you know, I have how many billable hours are going on. And, and, and basically what I do now, Lance, is every Friday, all my guys email me their week, their timesheet. And it just goes into a folder. And then Monday morning, I look at it. And I just put in billable hours. I see if anything's closed out, what I need to bill, right? Do that Monday morning. Um, and then I, I note new prospects. And what was cool about this, once I had this, I started to list my new prospects. And as you can see over here. And I'm like, holy cow, I need to really you know, like get on these people. <laughs> well, I'm glad we started that new prospect stuff. I think that's one thing. My, my wife was ahead of the curve. I think I've told you this before. It's like she's yeah. got this amazing database of new, new just prospects, just people she's met. And then she'll keep, you know, she'll write notes about, you know, what they're looking for, what they're not, when they're looking for it. And she follows up with them. She's, she's phenomenal about that. No, and cool. We need to be better at that. And maybe we should co-team on this or do it independently. But we could easily do a Google spreadsheet that we both share. And it just says name, email, phone number, comments, what they're, you know, like what. Something what, like that. Yeah. And, and then maybe a date. Because there was one when I looked at all this, I go, holy cow, I got too many. And I, and I saw one that Lance would be better suited for. So I said, Lance, you take this one. Bam. And easily I could just say in the spreadsheet, like, here, Lance, there you go. Take number 14. Point 14 is yours, you know, something like that. Um, so, yeah, that is, that is cool. And then the last thing that I put on there was um, projects closed and then good reviews. So smart. Th- smart. So then I know, oh, that project is done. Oh, I should ask them for a good review. We probably have a template email setting out. So, yeah, I can't. I, I, once again, I can't. I can't recommend and encourage everybody who's if you I guarantee you at least have a Google business listing. If you don't, you're I mean you're seriously failing. Go do the Google <laughs> business listing. We give you an F. It's a process and what they do is they'll have to like you have to verify. They'll send you a um it's kind of like Facebook when you do Facebook verifications, you're not a Russian bot. They'll send you a physical postcard and they'll say and it'll have a code on it. After you apply to, and they have because they need to prove that you're actually there physically, right? Yeah. But once you're established, man, you're into the algorithms. Like, you know, Google wants that to happen, right? There's all kinds of ways they they can make money off you, but it doesn't matter. But it's you know it's reciprocal. But but what I'm going with, like, if you've done a kick ass job with a client, go ask for that online review. Don't just don't be afraid and get them at a high point. You know, like one thing that like there's all these different points in in a project and one of the like if you can if you get through the the super stressful stuff of like there's a big design change or they've got pricing back from a contractor or whatever but if you get to a good stopping and high point like perhaps you're in for or you've been approved for building permit or or you just get in for building permit and you you met their deadline jump on that and ask for that review you know that's uh for us, re- online reviews are everything. You know? Yeah. Well, we got this little award yeah. we're looking at, like behind Alex on the mantle, about top rated in Colorado. It just goes a long way. Yeah, and and maybe, you know, maybe this this whole thing will evolve because I've already told you that um, things are transitioning to our guys, right? And we just talked about having a prospect list, and if we had a client list, because sometimes like right now, right when you end up, if you're hurrying and everything's and they want to get everything at the end might not be the best time. So like the project is closed. It might not be the best time. It might be like you said, when they get the building permit, 
So somehow, but when they get the building permit, like, holy cow, you might not be thinking about them, all that other stuff. So, um, all I'm saying is like, there's, there's room for these systems and, and improvements. And if you take, if you can find the time, which is so hard, I would suggest doing it. What there's also room for is faking it until you make it. Ah, and, uh, that's, I, I swear, I swear we even have one of our episodes is called fake it till you make it. But I was reminded about how important it is to try this in a couple different ways. Uh, but because of us building right now, there is stuff we, I, we, we didn't know about, um, it, it hasn't come back to bite us in the butt or anything, but I'm, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm admitting in a, in a humble way that, hey, even though we're wearing all three hats, doing the architect, doing the contractor, doing the developer, trust me, we didn't know everything. Not even close. And it's okay. So, like, a, one example of this is uh, when we're backfilling our, on the foundation and, and for the plumbing work that's going in right now in the foundations, like, I didn't know you had to wet the earth when you go to backfill it. This is all, you know, so, but like, it was okay. Like I didn't show that I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> and so I want to read, I want to, I want to, there's eight, I found this great article that I want to read to Al and get his take on it and, and also everybody else. So it's, uh, <clears throat> it's called eight fake it till you make it strategies backed by science. Ooh, and science. Al loves science. Um, yeah, he's a scientific sure. man. He's all science, he loves space, he loves open space, all of the above. Hey, hey, hey. He almost said a swear word in there. <laughs> Uh, trying to trying to fake your way to success seems dubious at best mm. and delusional at worst, and yet there is plenty of science that proves you can actually fool yourself and others into becoming more successful, finding love, and increasing your happiness. Researchers have found that acting a certain way allows your brain to rehearse a new way of thinking and can set off a desired chain of events in the future. Here are eight scientifically backed strategies for faking your way to do a better job, relationship, and mood. So, number one is say cheese. Cheese. Scientists, there you go, you even smiled too. Scientists have found that if you want to lift your mood, you should force yourself to smile, right? So, like, think about, like, these politicians when they're in a debate and they get, like, somebody claps back at them, right? Or, like, they nail them, right? They just smile. It's probably, it probably keeps them so that they, it, it helps them, I think, so they don't get, like, down and they can keep in like trying to be positive or whatever their message is, right? So like, how was that? Doesn't that apply to like business? Like, think about like, what if a contractor kind of you're in a meeting? Let's an AOC meeting, right? Yep. Architect, uh, owner, contractor, and maybe the contractor is just kind of a jerk. And yes. when he tells Al, he's like, "Well, I've seen these other architects and blah 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 blah." And Al they could, use Al could, this. Beam. Yep. And Al could frown, or I could say cheese. You could say cheese, right? Well, why that's so applicable? And I'm glad I can interrupt. is uh there was another good book that i read it was the art of learning by josh waitskin he was a chess player and then um uh, it was it's called push hands it's a martial arts kind of thing and in chess this one player would cheat so chess is very cerebral right so if we were doing chess this kid would kick him and these kids are like 12 like kick him in the shins and then they you know he would complain but the ref wouldn't see it the kid would go speak to his you know, coach in Russian, and you're not supposed to do that because you're not supposed to get tips from your coach because your coach could be a grandmaster and could tell you yeah, like where could, to move. Yeah, yeah. And they'd be like, what? No, we're just talking about this. So he had to do a physical thing. To, he's like, how do you deal with these bullies, right? And I think Trump throws off people, whether you like them or not, when he's debating because they're not used to these bully tactics. Because when that kid would kick them, 
they would complain to the ref. The ref wouldn't do anything. They'd get frazzled. They'd get out of state emotional. It wouldn't work. So what he would do is he would physically leave the table. He might even um, like do a jog back and forth, or he could go put you know splash water in his face and come back and be like, I don't care that I was kicked, and you know destroy him. So like this physical. These are, I don't know if you said tricks or whatever, but they're actual tips. 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 Yep. They're actual real tips. Yeah. Yeah. So do it. So instead of, if somebody, if somebody in one of those kind of meetings, I think tries to jab at you like that, just smile, yeah. smile and see what happens. Try it out this week. So the next one is number two, strike a powerful pose. I'm telling this to my kids all the time. In her much publicized 2012 TED Talk, Amy Cuddy, a Harvard Business School social psychologist, shared her findings that adopting a powerful posture can affect your body chemistry. In her study, she had subjects either adopt a powerful stance with their chest and head lifted and arms propped on their hips or a meeker pose, hunched over with their arms crossed for two minutes. The people who maintained the power poses showed a decrease in the stress hormone cortisol and an increase in testosterone, a hormone related to dominance and confidence. Our nonverbals govern how we think and feel about ourselves, Cuddy concluded. Our bodies change our minds. 100%. A client wants to be reassured, right, Al? Yes. So, like, if you go into, if you go into a sales meeting and you're kind of hunched over and you're having, you know, you just kind of give off this thing, like, the, some, of, some, of, some of your clients have never been through the permitting process. They, it might be their very first business, so they're just skittish about everything. They under, this is the most money they're probably going to have to spend in their entire lives. Or it's, uh, it, this is like, if, if it's not a business, it might be our house for the first time. Again, the biggest life decision they probably maybe will ever make. Yes. They want to be confident in your confidence. Cool. Make that happen. Uh, number two, or number three, sorry. Pretend you know the answer. Do you buy this? I mean, and I'll give you, I'm just going to read a little bit here. A 2012 study published in the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology found that expecting to know the correct answers can actually improve our test-taking abilities. Well, I think there's a nuance to that. So let's say you ask me a, a, a question I have no idea to, right? There's, I could pretend, there's a difference between t- pretending and digging deeper. So I've done this before. The pretend, I think, could confuse people. But, but if you go, if you go, wait, wait, let me think about this. Let me think about this is, is the way to view this. And then start to use all your knowledge and bring things together and you will probably get the answer. So don't assume that you don't know the answer. And a lot of times, like this will happen with, with me because you, you know, like you get stuck in these tracks of thinking, right? And it could be totally parallel to what is going on, Yep. right? Like yep. absolutely like Lance is stuck in a track and we're looking over at this water bottle, but he's thinking he about this. He just can't this. get past it. Yep. So like, let's say you ask me a question and it's about this. I'm looking over here and you'll throw me for a loop. I'll be like, oh, I don't know. But then, if, <laughs> but, but going that like, okay, wait, what is he talking about? What is that? Oh, okay. Yes. Move the mouse or whatever it is. Um, so I think that's, that's great. That's great advice. Yeah. That's the way I always went into the ARE tests is expecting that I knew all the correct answers, even though I didn't. I mean, it just went, it goes a long way, right? Yep. And then, and then, you know, maybe you fail or something, but, but, but um, it's so critical going in to those tests like that. And, and, and I think that's key, key too, because they'll ask, let's say, let's make up a question like what bracket would you use for this condition? And initially be like, I don't know the specific bracket. But then you go, if, okay, I do know this. Oh, they gave me four answers. One's an L bracket, one's a T bracket, one's this. What would I use? Oh, I would use that one. 
I didn't know the specific one, but then once I had narrowed it down and eliminated, oh yeah, I know the answer. I'd use an angle iron there, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep, yep. Number four, uh, this one kind of goes back to uh, how we um, hope students present themselves when they go to present. Dress for the job you want. Research at Nor- Researchers at Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management found that wearing particular clothes associated with certain positive qualities helped improve the wearer's performance. I take it so seriously, Al, when I go out for a sales meeting of dressing to impress and looking looking nice, looking trim, looking confident. Um, because I, th- you know, I think people want to l- work with like people who are put together and, and good looking. <laughs> and I take it seriously too about the clients, you know, how they're presenting themselves and then thinking about what, are, what's it going to be like to interact with them? Like, is there any, is there anything to this? Yeah. Uh, do you remember that time? Uh, here's a, well, quick, a quick story. Do you yeah. remember the time that we interviewed that? This was like, uh, 2010, 2013. It was right before we hired Jackson because this was a, this was a person who was competing against Jackson. Remember that? Remember that guy who came in, cro- he, he sat in the chair, cross-legged. He was just all frumpy. And then literally like a vape pen, a bunch of vape pens fell out. <laughs> yep. Yep. Mid meeting. Yeah. So that kind of said it all for me. I was like, you are talented, but this is not where it's not going to happen. Yeah. The the string I'm drawing between these is the knowing the answer and dress, dress like you want to impress is I don't think, I think some people don't take those extra steps to do what they know that they think is that they know is right. If you had to advise someone else. So there's this, there's this show on. It's called like fearless dating or something. I don't know. My wife put it on. I'll pretend like I don't like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it's all these people, and and you know it's TV, so they'll pick some weird people. They have some normal people, but they'll say, you know, I want love, or I want this smoking hot man, or I want this smoking hot lady. And then you look at them and you go, Oh, you didn't do your hair. You didn't comb. You didn't put like you want these things, but what are you doing to get these things? And you could start by dressing up, being confident, you know, not overly confident, but like just these small moves can put you slightly ahead of the competition. And guess what? All the rewards, if you're bidding against someone, goes to one person. So slightly ahead means all the rewards in some cases. Absolutely. Dress to impress, man. I'm serious. Uh, Number five, listen to happy music. When you're in a funk, probably the last thing you want to do is turn on some Pharrell. This person must be a Pharrell fan. Uh, maybe you want to turn on some Daft Punk. It's up to you. I don't even know who what Pharrell is. To, Pharrell? Yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, but, but recent research found that forcing yourself to listen to happy music and consciously trying to become happier can actually lift your mood. In a 2012 study published in the Journal of Positive Psychology, 167 college students were asked to listen to 12 minutes of happy music. One group was told to try to actively boost their mood while listening, while the second group was introduced to listen without trying to to alter their mood. The first group reported much higher levels of positive mood after listening. Maybe that's part of F9 culture that is helpful for everybody in the firm, right? Gangs of Friday. Well, it's not only that though, but like there's Throwback Thursday. Like I was, oh. I was so happy to hear Depeche Mode going on in the office yesterday via Jackson. It's so good to have Jackson back because of his musical yes. uh, interests. Yeah. So I went home last night, and not only did I have taco salad way, way oh. deep, and I you, bought it. Was there chips? Was there chips on the bed? So I was tasked with bringing home chips and oh, some other supplies. Tasked. 
and task. That's the key word, ladies and gentlemen. Here's you're gonna a, task. You're gonna task Alex to pick out his kind of chips. Favorite fruit. Here's a pro tip. <laughs> pro chip tip. Yep. Get enough food so that you're forced to have leftovers of your favorite. Oh no. Oh, tonight what do I have to have taco salad again? Oh no. Um, but anyways, when I got home, that was waiting and my wife had on throwback music. So it was seamless. It was amazing. I saluted every I saluted the baby just wow. walking in. Wow. <clears throat> Extra your pro Valentine's tip. Day was way better than mine. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. Um the bleachers, I want to get better. Write that down in your little head. Listen to it later today. You'll be like, oh, this is a good song to, to feel better. Yep. Uh, number, oh, I love this one. Number six, mimic good leaders. Say you've just been promoted to a position with job requirements that are outside of your skill set. New research shows that the best thing you can do is mimic someone else around you who displays the required skill sets, even if your first inclination is to worry about appearing like a fraud. Of her research, professor and organizational behavior, Hermione, really Hermione, yep, Hermione says, writes the writes in the Harvard Business Review. By viewing ourselves as works in progress, we multiply our capacity to learn, avoid being pigeonholed, and ultimately become better leaders. We're never too experienced to fake it till we learn it. See, that kind of brings us all the way back. Even though I got two more good points here, seriously, like like. I, I, that that is where I I I feel like I do have a a, a little bit of humbleness. <laughs> it's like, hey, I don't know it all either. I know, but like, we're willing to try it. Yeah, well, I'm cock, cocky and dumb enough to try it. You know. So so let's say you're at the job site. Here's your three go tos. So someone asks you a question you don't know. You can stall and say, "What would you do?" I love that one too. Yep. Okay. Second, at the whole um, pretend like you know the answer. Put yourself, okay, if I was building this, what would I do? And then just whatever comes out, comes out. Because they might, that might lead them towards an answer, right? And then the third, you can say, I don't know, let me get back to you. Yep, yep. And that's what I said yesterday. I didn't know, and I got back to a contractor. Look at that. And it was great. I said, I'll look into it for you. We'll we'll make it happen. Uh, Number seven, feign romantic interest. You didn't even know. You didn't even know inside the firm would help you out with romantic interests yeah. today, did you? Uh, Richard Wiseman, but like, but here's why it relates, okay? Because what? like every client is kind of like a mini marriage. You're entering into these contracts with people, you, you know. Especially if you're doing residential, man, it's a, you're kind of the mediator between the husband and the wife or the partners, whatever. Richard Wiseman, a psychology professor at the University of Hertfordshire in the UK split roughly 100. UK, get get on your names. Get Get on your names. going. Split roughly 100 participants at a speed dating event in Edinburgh in 2012 into two groups to test what he calls the as-if principle. If you act as if you are a certain way, you'll come out to feel that way. Uh, So again, faking it till you make it. One group was instructed to behave as they normally would on their dates, while another was told to pretend they were already in love by gazing into each other's eyes, touching hands, and whispering secrets. How does that apply to like, if you went into a business meeting and you're and you're you're acting like, um, oh yeah, we're you know, it's a privilege to have us as your architect. Like we're very busy, you know, we're very busy. So, but like, does that make sense? Something like that. You you can you um. That threw me off the train tracks. So I'll go on, on my train tracks and then maybe you'll circle back to it. So the, the whole love things like looking in someone's eyes, that, that works. You might want to 
it might be too creepy for a client if you do that too much. <laughs> yeah. But but the root essence of what they're getting to in the client negotiations is there is something called mirror neurons, right? So what do you want them to feel? You want them to feel excited. You want them to feel like this is, uh, you want them to feel like they're in good hands, right? So you can be excited. You're not feigning love. You're not falling in love with the client. I'm excited about your project. This is a great opportunity. This, um, it has amazing potential. <laughs> it might, it might not. I'm not saying lie so much that your moral compass well, goes not off. Even ethical. Lie, but I, I think you just need to. You're, you're acting in a certain way. Literally, yeah. what they're saying. Because they might. This might be the biggest project in their life, like you said. So if you just come up, oh, it might be same old, same old, same old. This is an addition. I've done this a million times. Oh yeah, you See, can give them the that rock. attitude, yeah. or you can be like. No, this is exciting. You're expanding your house. We'd be happy to be on the project. It seems awesome. They'd be like, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We want to make your dream a reality. I love that. Neur- I love that line. Neurons, people. Yep. All right. Last one. Eight. Fake confidence to gain influence. It turns out that in a group in group dynamics, early assertiveness becomes self-enforcing. In a 2013 study published by the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, researchers randomly assigned three groups of college students the task of writing two paragraphs on either their job ambitions, their duties and obligations, or their commutes. Then they formed same... What was the last one? Their commutes? Their commutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then they formed same-sex teams using students from each of the three groups and instructed them to brainstorm a hypothetical startup company. Afterwards, everyone took a survey in which they rated the extent they respected and admired the other members of their team. The researchers found that the individuals who had written about their ambitions enjoyed a higher rank in the group pecking order and were perceived as being more assertive and proactive than those who had focused on their job duties or commutes. By just shifting your thoughts to your goals, the research suggests you can project a more capable, confident persona. I love it. Uh, what's this article called? So this article is called. I'm gonna. I'll email it to Alan. Hopefully, he'll put it on the put it on the um, show notes. Show notes. But if you just want to Google it, if you're listening terrestrially right now, uh, it's called. It's eight fake it till you make it strategies backed by science. Google it. You'll find it. It's on mentalfloss.com. Yep. And the don't be a don't be afraid to try these. And just know with everything you do, there's some calibration, some testing. You know, um, so all good stuff. All good stuff. Practice makes perfect. And with that, uh, I think it's time to check in with our bestie, Nick, with Nick Reeds. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. The perfect diagram. Use. Structure. Context. Social effect. Ideally, these attributes of the modern impulse would mutually determine and interact with one another throughout the design process and overlap, each aligned with the other, in the completed building. And they would be equally in evidence three, thirty, or even three hundred years later, along after the newest of the building had vanished. In fact, of course, these idealized alignment characterizes most of the great architecture of any period. From antiquity to the present, in different settings and cultures. It is this very definition of a classic that it be true to its time and place. 
which for us is modernity, in its different cultural inflections. The building form would be both the inspiration and the resolution of the contending attributes, each of which would be legible because expressed by the form. It's aesthetic integral to the function, structure, context, and social meaning. Design legibility would correspond to the qualitative experience of living, working, or learning in the building. The Modern Impulse by Peter Gluck Boys, do yourselves a favor and check your cars for snakes this weekend. It can happen. Lance, happy birthday. Picture, if you will, a happy birthday meme from me right now. Toodles! Thank you, Nick. That's so sweet. I am picturing it. Yeah. Um, one, one thing before, before we go into ARE Jeopardy that I wanted to bring up but I forgot. Something that inspired me today is 30 by 40 Design Workshop. It's Eric Reinholtz. His videos, right? He just made one on model making tutorials part one. I don't make physical models anymore. I hope I'll never do another one in my life. Well, you're kind of making you're kind of making real life ones, real That's life true. size ones. Yep. <laughs> That's true. And know what? I I'm, I might make a model in my life, so I'm being hyperbolic. But what's so crazy about this is that I was I was watching it. There's a whole bunch of people who make models, and it baffles me. It baffles me when when people make poor decisions when the information's out there, and it it baffles me because everyone has this bias that what you know you think other people know right but they don't anyways he's giving clear tips about what materials to use what materials not to use how to put things together and if you are making a model in school i would go ahead and watch this because there are people have kind of figured this out doesn't mean it's a system that you well have i just remember i just remember people trying to use materials they shouldn't be using in in architecture school and in making it really difficult for them, like yeah. some mental breakdowns, you know, yep. because of it. And and what I would say is, if there's anything you're doing, not just model making, that you don't know how to do, go look up what someone is doing, and start from there, and then you can change it, instead of starting from scratch, right? So uh, go check him out. Subscribe to his YouTube channel. Always high quality videos, good explanation, and he does cool work too. So it's. I mean, he has a trifecta going for him. Yeah, fantastic. Again, thank you, Nick. With that, I think it's time for ARE Jeopardy. Here we go. Question one. IBC 505.2.3. Openness. Okay. Mezzanines are not required to be open to the room in which they are located. Provided that the occupancy load, that's the key word, of the area is not greater than A, 5, so 5 people, B, 7, C, 10, D, 20. So basically you have a room. If the occupancy is less than these numbers that I'll repeat, it doesn't have to be open. You can enclose it. Okay. A, 5, B, 7, C, 10, D, 20. C, 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 
A. The answer is C, 10. 10 people. 10 people or less, they can, they can burn, apparently. <laughs> All right. All right. Question two. Uh, general building heights and areas are what chapter in the 2015 IBC? A, chapter 5. B, chapter 10. C, chapter 3. D, chapter 4. Do, 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 do. Piece of shit. Yep. Do, 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 do. Do, do, D, 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 C, D. The answer is A, chapter 5. 503. Yep. 503. 503. 503. Table, 504. you got rem- to remember. All right. <clears throat> Number three. What's the score for me now? It's three and zero. So one, 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 zero. What? The tables what? have turned today. The tables have turned. No names. Number three, under the IBC, what is the variable tolerance for handrail heights on stairs? A, 34 to 36 inches. B, 34 to 38 inches. C, 35 to 37 inches. D, there is no tolerance. 36 inches must be met. We have B, 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 B. Correct. How do you guys? There is a tolerance. Um, that you Someone's passing the AR. There is not a tolerance for guardrails, though. We found that out. Uh, we were reminded about that. 42 inches, can't change it. Got to get it done. Um, no, no, no ands, ifs, or buts. Number four, you visit one of your construction sites, and you see that the carpenters are working without hard hats. What do you do? A, call the cops. B, <laughs> fire the carpenter. C, call the building department. D, Make a note of the observation and include it in your field report to the contractor. I swear I'm firing you guys if you answer A. I'm going to give you a hint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, D, 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 D. Fantastic. All right. Who we wins? have a three-way tie. Oh, no. Now we got to come up with a quick question, huh? Yep. I have nothing. You got nothing? Well, we'll be right back. Nobody will know we left. All right, this is a speed round, so Lance is going to read it, and the first one to raise it up can do it. So if it's answer, you know, you could just guess and throw up D right now and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, there's only A, B, C on this one, okay? You, so you, there's no... you must write at the table level. Just to be fair. Who is responsible for ordering the geotechnical report? A, the contractor. B, the owner. C, the architect. So, who, who, what's who, the correct answer? Well, no, 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 no. So, we got B. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. <laughs> that, and then was, it, I looked, that did not look like a B. It looked like a All B. All right. Fair enough. All right. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Al, what do we got? So, if you like this podcast, from the comments we've been getting, you're going to love The Creativity Code, and you're going to love Revit Rocket Ship. So, The Creativity Code is a book. Go to Amazon and get that. Uh, Google Revit Rocket Ship or go to RevitRocketShip.com to learn Revit and you will learn Revit and you'll be an amazing person and everyone will love you. Yep. Share this podcast. Pick out a favorite episode with uh, somebody who is a non-architect. That's your challenge this week. I'm challenging you to do that, listeners. Find find something, uh, one, one of the episodes and share it with a non-architect, non-designer friend and just see what they think. 